0: And for trusting me with this time. This is not the time I take lightly, and I'm honored that I was able to start your series and to share with you all what I've went on the work. So before I jump in, I wrote a few notes. So I'm going to try to stick to script because well <laughs> <laughs> um, so I so I'll a little bit of introduction about myself so that some like strangers not just coming to talk to you about that um so yes my name is karen Wilson. i go by carrie for short um and i'm a recent graduate of seattle pacific seminary (laughs) um i'm originally from a small town louisiana uh called cramlin and though a southern Heart. seattle has become my new home over the last three years and i'm very grateful Uh, i moved to seattle to learn about youth ministry and recently accepted the position with Young Life in Northeast Seattle as the Wildlife Coordinator, which is the middle school department. Um, I'm passionate about youth relationships, any kind of activity that we get to laugh and play, and deep pizza, if you guys uh, <laughs> I studied English Literature and Religious Studies as an undergrad, and Reconciliation and Intercultural Studies as a graduate. I'm the youngest sibling and was raised by my incredible mom and dad. Who were also mining pastors in a small Southern Black church uh, called Mount Zion, Louisiana Baptist Church. Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church. Excuse me. <laughs> much of my spiritual formation story is still being written, but my background and my passions highlight much of what I'll be talking with y'all today. Uh, so, uh, lovely. Thank you, Erica, for reading the passage. Um, if we can keep that on screen, if that's possible. Specifically, can we do verse 7, starting at verse 7, if that's like a mid place, uh, just so we'll have that on our minds and fresh with us. Uh, So, today I'll be interacting with the story of Esther, the adopted Jewish orphan whose beauty and character allowed her to become clean and eventually a rescuer of the Jewish people. But to give a little more background, help word the story, because this is not the first. So there's a couple of chapters that give a little more context as to what's going on. uh, So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of that context. Esther's parents were killed in one of the many transitions of the Israelites. She was taken in by her cousin Mordecai, who received the story of the Jews, which uh, we can infer from the promise of Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 12, has one interpretation here on earth and one in God's eyes. The Jews are currently living in Susa under King Ahasuerus, exiled from their homeland. King Ahasuerus was a proud man and often let pride and power rule his judgment. In which Esther becomes queen due to his recklessness and her beauty. King Ahasuerus made a law that all those living in the palace must bow upon bell ringing to worship the king. But Mordecai was caught disobeying this. Mordecai proclaimed his Jewish faith to the king's to the king's officials over the king. The word gets back to the king in which he makes a decree that all Jews will be gathered and killed on the thirteenth day of Adar. And that's where we are in this story. Because Mordecai is publicly mourning because of the fate of the Jews if there is no intervention on their behalf. He catches the attention of Esther and as the text employs employs her to go to the king. Her first response is to recite the law and inform him of her distance from the king. Verse 11 is the very first sound of the book, Esther, that's named after her, she's recorded speaking, and her response is that she'll stay quiet until she's called upon. Mordecai then reminds her of her title, her story, and her fate if she abandons them. Just then, something clicks with Esther, and she immediately springs into action, telling Mordecai to gather the community and fast together, and she will do the same, and then she will go to the king regardless of her fate or the law. So, today I want to reflect on the communication between Esther and Mordecai in this time of struggle and hopelessness. Esther's story until this point is pretty climactic, and she's finally gotten to a place of slight relief. She goes from being an orphan, virgin, Jewish young girl to the young queen of a palace with ample resources, family, and a possibility, and she continues in the way that she's been. She has not spoken in the first four chapters, yet has gained such stature. And if Mordecai wouldn't have made such a scene, she could have lived happily ever after. That sounds like the proper ending to a Disney movie. (laughs) However, this is not a Disney movie. This is not a romantic love story or rescue story. This is a story about faithfulness and truth, which is why the interactions are such weight in the text. Esther's first response is to remain silent, to clear the law, and do what she's told. She has been taught to follow directions, she's been taught to stay in line, let those who have power and control make the decisions, and you follow suit. This young queen has not been trained, this young queen has not been trained on the proper etiquette of queenship or social behavior. Yet she was called upon to act out of her element. She has not been empowered to lead, save, or create, yet here she is expected to do, expected to do so. What Mordecai expects this child to do, has no, she has no experience doing. However, in his words to her, that her life will not be spared and that she will be held accountable for her actions, speaks a truth to her that was never spoken before. She's always had a family, she's always been capable, and she is someone important and always has been. So often, this passage is referenced to in Mordecai's words to her for such a time as this. But when I read this text, the power that I sparked to fire in Esther is acknowledging, is in Mordecai's acknowledging the truth in her mm-hmm. that if you, a chosen person, remain <coughs> silent, if you, a Jew, continue on the path of, path of least resistance, and if you, a queen, hide now in times of wrong, you will surely die, mm-hmm. and others will do. I found it empowering that Mordecai calls on Esther to liberate the Jews. But only in standing firmly against evil threats and against evil and threats against people's lives. Then we see Esther's first proclamation gather and pray for three days with me. She mobilizes a community to move towards one another and pray to God for strength and what I can only assume is wisdom for action. Even as a child, she knows that she is stronger with like minded people than she is alone. She is able to be brave the impossible with people who support and believe in her. She is a faithful Jewish woman at heart, a woman in a chosen family, with the chosen end of one true God. As I reflect on this passage, I heard a different word for us, a different word for me, as a believer of Christ, as a vessel of the Spirit, and we will be with three takeaways. One is that Mordecai speaks truth to Esther, which prompts her to action. Mordecai reminds her of who she was, has always been, and regardless of her title or position, she always will be, a chosen person by God. By reminding Esther that the truth of the world is not the truth of God, the truth of God transforms Esther to liberation. All it takes is to speak the truth of God into the world, and the Spirit of God moves it. The spirit is ignited by truth and ignites Esther to recall deeper truth about herself beyond what she sees. She was a queen before the title. She was a part of the family before the throne and power. She was chosen long before King Ahasuerus chose her. God chose the Israelites. God chose the Jews. And God chose Esther. That's the truth that moves her. Number two is that Esther relies on the strength of her community And her experience in faith. The work of God cannot be done alone. It is only in communities of faith that we find our strength to stand against those who seek to harm, marginalize, and oppress others. The community acts in faith to work against those who dehumanize, devalue, and deconstruct the kingdom of God. In community, Esther is empowered to liberate an entire people group. In community, Esther is trusted, she's loved. And she is seen as more than a queen, a woman, or a child. In the community, she is seen as a woman in God's story. Amen. And lastly, Esther submits to the authority of God. In community, Esther seeks God's wisdom, God's power, and God's sovereignty. Esther knows the law because she recites it. She knows the tradition because she grew up in it. And she knows God is good because God has proven it to her in her life. Amen. Thus, Esther trusts that God already has the answer she just needs to be faithful toward to God's word and work in her life. Amen. I love this passage because as a young black single woman, I feel much like Esther. Mm-hmm. I often get bogged down with the news, politics, social media, and everyday occurrences that try to remind me that I'm nothing in this world. Mm-hmm. I work with children uh, who are often told to sit down and be quiet, told to do as you're told and to push aside. I come from a place where people of color are viewed and treated through historic eyes as animals, thugs, and rejects. I'm a woman who sees and experiences various kinds of harassment and slurs that reduce me to my body or a piece of meat. I come from a place where LGBTQ communities seem invisible because they've been so far silenced and ignored. I see the ways that people of varying abilities are treated as outcasts and burdens. I've experienced the ways that homeless communities are being this place in exile. Yet, when I read this story of an orphaned Jewish child who, in faith, moves, toward, moves towards pain and suffering, towards those whose fate has been decided for them, towards the marginalized, I remember that God has already changed the world, and there's still work to be done that I and that we get to participate in. Amen. I read Esther now as a story of the ways that I have been chosen to use my voice, my story, and my truth to liberate others to truth and freedom through Christ. A story that calls Carrington to action under God in prayer and in community to come alongside marginalized communities and speak truth. Mm -hmm. Esther is a story for every community, not just the marginalized. It's a story for us to examine the ways that we treat children and speak truth that empowers them towards goodness, examines the ways that we find solidarity to persecuted communities Towards him in love, examines the ways that we speak up in times of turmoil and strife. Examines the authority we submit to and how our actions support our belief of God's work in humanity. Esther is a part of God's story, and Esther's story is our story if we let us be. the fire of truth in us that brings down our barriers and moves towards you and others. In your precious Son, Jesus Christ, we pray, Holy Spirit, Amen. 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 Thank you all. Um, I know this is a time of reflection, and did I, did I get a question? to get questions? Um, there is a boy in the back. I do believe there is some place for me And informed my life and the way that I move. Thank you for the opportunity to meet like minded communities in faith and move towards each other, move towards you, and move towards places of pain, suffering, joy, hope, hopelessness, and in love, doing all things in love. Thank you for the example of your son Jesus. Thank you for for us to serve a new